It's the Manopause Show with Bobby and HD. No, it's HD and Bobby. No, Bobby and HD. HD and Bobby. Bobby and HD. Whatever. And we're back with the Manopause Show. I'm Bobby. And I'm HD. And we have special, special guests. Where are we? We are. Are we, we, we saying we're here now? Are they sponsors yet? We're at the camp in Costa Mesa, right. a lovely spot. If you happen to be listening, we do take sponsorships. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting outside, beautiful summer afternoon. And we are with some gorgeous women. And I hope it's okay. I don't mean to objectify. You're although good. we both know, but it's as okay a men's show, we can objectify. We can objectify mm-hmm. in a respectful manner. Yes. Go and truth, do you mind yeah. being called attractive Not and gorgeous? Not at all. We own yeah, that shit. Own that shit. Well, it's obvious you do. Yeah. So thank you. I am Jilly. I am Rihanna. So we actually have a podcast called Watch the Wake. We are creating a wake in society and talking about things that people don't normally talk about, like sexuality, religion, taboo topics that have really just been repressed. But in reality, if we just bring it to the surface, we get to have fun. And who's we? Yeah, so we have we have a whole group. So we call ourselves the Wake Tribe. And the reason it's called Watch the Wake is because watch stands for we are the change here so as our tribe is a collective and then bringing everybody else together you we all get together to watch the wake we are all about talking about things that are taboo and it's quite fun because once you talk about them it takes the energy off of it it gets it off of your chest just like how i heard you guys talking before like wow that feels go so good to get out that's what we're all about so we that's are why here. you're guests because we yeah. love yeah. to hear that mm-hmm. so this is going to be a fun special episode oh yeah and we're going to talk about sexuality then and now the menopause show is going to represent the then watch the way is going to represent the now but we're not going to just stay rigid in our framework we're going to learn from each other we're going to just see let's where this play. leads yeah. yeah let's play yeah okay. all right cool so looking back on your growing up and what your parents represented to you what you knew of history and society and technology what's your view of your parents generation in terms of how they saw sexuality Ooh, very conservative i would say that it wasn't something that you talked about or taught really you were just given a book and it was very closed like it, it, when i think about the energy that my mom had it was just you know conservative into herself and nobody got to come in and it was very nice to be a woman and doing that and nobody gets to come in you know and that's how women are supposed to be in society and it kind of taught me to play small because I grew up and I started becoming a beautiful woman and she would just wasn't open and it wasn't free and goddesses are supposed to be free we're supposed to embrace that sexuality instead of like oh shit you know what was me help me damsel in distress over here like step into that power how was it for you yeah I definitely could relate to that in having to protect certain parts of my body or not let certain parts of my body show uh, regards to sexuality in general I can see my parents relationship with actually a lack of intimacy in the eyes looking back like I mm. wish that I had seen them be more sexual with each other there were there was no real talking about sex there was no sex education there was never a time that I got sat down there was never a time it was really even in a joking manner I learned really about sexuality in school but the flip side of it which is actually interesting is there was a point that I started wanting to buy more masculine type clothes and sexuality wise 
I, I can't count the number of times my mom would say, don't you want to buy a dress instead? Or are you mm -hmm. going to put makeup on before you leave the house? But then there was that fine line because I remember having my friend's moms come to me and say, oh, your mom is pretty strict about what you wear, huh? So yeah. there is this toss up of, okay, well, I can't wear these shorts because they might be too short, but yeah. I can't wear my hair up because then it might be not... It, it wouldn't be representing myself in a feminine sense. So yeah. there was kind of mixed signals. In the last time we talked off air, you were talking about how you carry that forward now, conscious of your parents' consideration for how you express yourself, right? And trying to break away from that? Yeah, for, I would say through my college years even, uh, I was away at college, but when I would come home, I know that when I went out to dinner with my parents, I would have to look nice and put my makeup on and do the whole thing and then if I were with another group of friends I allowed myself to maybe still wear makeup but maybe wear shorts and a, a t-shirt with it because mm -hmm. that would have been accepted I mean yeah more recently if I want to go out and wear a button-up with them out then yeah. that's what it is and if I want to wear a skirt some nights that's what it is well now in this day and age of social media and there's no real privacy did you ever have your parents go whoa that's my daughter on instagram or oh yeah and uh, call you out on that shit? oh yeah my shit is everywhere like i have learned i had to teach myself how to embrace my feminine and like really to be honest like i i love my body i love my butt i love my boobs like you know and i'm like mom like don't you want to play a little you know like fuck but at the same time it's as I'm showing people how much I've been loving myself and how much work I've done, I, I feel that this resistance from my family. And it's interesting because as you shine very brightly, it makes their darkness start to come out. And you, they, you, I talk about shame a lot and I talk about what it felt like in my body to release it. And like I stand up straighter and I can just tell that when I'm around other women that aren't necessarily there yet, it really does hit them to their core and that's something I'm learning to not play small because that's what kept me small before is that I had a little voice and I was shy and I was the middle child and I was beautiful but I would play small because of that feeling I get from them if another yeah. beautiful woman walks in I've learned to be like wow she's fucking hot wow look at her like she's got an awesome vibe whereas before I'd be like oh whatever like I'm not her I can never be that so it's really bridging this gap and it's, it's owning it and it's making them kind of step up like own your shit love yourself so that I can I can love myself in front of you without feeling guilty for it hmm. what does that compare yeah. to for the way you you yeah. are in that uh, now sense I love you <laughs> I was just about to say and now you ask us a question I never <laughs> even answered <laughs> well, she, we know why <laughs> she's, a, she's a cancer <laughs> It was even more repressed yeah. for my parents' generation. I mean, we they were 50s. They were Eisenhower children. It was post-World War II. We became a suburban society, mm. a larger society, a more affluent society, and a middle class was born. You were pretending you really had money because before that, you had to be born into money mm -hmm. or just whatever, have land or, you know, whatever it took to amass great wealth. Uh -huh. And, you know, and that has strictures to it, and that has rules within it, and the middle class had rules within it too, but we were just kind of creating as we went along, and that was true for the kids. We were the seen, but not heard generation. Oh, yeah. We, we had Saturday morning cartoons, and that was really the only thing we had hmm. that spoke to us. Maybe Mr. Rogers, I guess, Sesame Street. Mr. But Sesame Street came along 
when we were past Sesame Street age, at least me, you were a little bit younger than me. I didn't think you'd ever put sexuality in Sesame Street in That's the same segment, but yeah, go You've for never it. watched the porn I've watched. I have a question. <laughs> Big bird? <laughs> yeah. So, do you, do you feel that because this was so repressed that it actually fueled more rapes? More violence. Of course, more of course. Porn, Repression more. always because that energy's got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So if it's not being expressed naturally, exactly, it's go. It's funneling. It does. It's like when you when when somebody dies or when you go through any kind of process where you're saying goodbye to something, mm -hmm. job, person, whatever, animal. It's this process, and it takes a while. And you can repress. You can. It can be so painful. Let's say somebody close to you dies. Yeah, you don't even want to think about it. You don't want to go through that pain because it hurts. Mm -hmm. And so you find other outlets, but it never goes away. And eventually, in my mind, it can come out in unexpected ways. Yes. And exactly. that can lead to the aggression. How is that something you dealt with being a man? To your point about the repression, I've always said strippers, escorts, porn, webcamming, if that was completely eradicated. I, I look at them as providing a service, an outlet for the repressed sexual mm. feelings that we have. I, I can't imagine what we'd be like, rapes, sexual assaults, if whoever wanted to get their way and repressing that to have purity in society and get all of that out, oh my god, we would all blow up. And yeah, some of us would just be <laughs> depressed, suicide, others would go out and attack. It would be a horrible society. So I, I now I grew up in a, I hate to say a repressed because I love my parents, but Extremely strict Catholic sexuality was not something they wore at all. It was I was a member of four children and I always say to this day they my parents probably only fucked four times in life. Wow. You know? Now that's probably not true. Right, but, <laughs> but that's the way I grew up is that there was utility to procreate, mm -hmm. not for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to believe in hindsight that that was true. I thought you were going on the repression can cause I became way more sexual, experimenting, uh -huh. exploratory. I needed to have that outlet, find, discover that outlet on my own. Mm -hmm. Because of what I was brought up to be, I, I, I had to release it somehow. So I became yeah. way 180 degrees more sexual. Yeah, and if you think about, I'm studying Tantra at the moment, and it was really from having a sexual abuse that was repressed, and I it was a memory that I had no idea until I used um, plant medicine, mushrooms, to break through. And I had PTSD from it, and it happened at one and a half, and that was my sexual trauma, right? And so when I broke through, I healed in one night. That's the magic of plant medicine. And I'm a huge plant medicine advocate, but... Basically, it opened me up to realize that sexual energy was my biggest fear. My biggest fear in my life was my own sexual power. Because there's the seductress out there. There's the woman that's going to come in and manipulate the shit out of men. Like, what? And, and to really feel that, like, it scared the shit out of me that I had that power with men. And I realized that I am innocent. I'm not guilty. And a lot of that shame will be put on women for being a woman and to cover up and to feel guilty but when you really open yourself up you're like everyone just craves intimacy everyone craves love everybody wants to be touched why are we not talking about something that we're in the 3d life to experience is sex hey we are love. talking about it yeah right so <laughs> hell yeah
yeah look at what we're doing now and and to be a woman and to show that it's okay to love your body it's okay to be sensual like living through your senses it's okay now i'm giving you permission now like that's what we're all about and we're giving guys permission to be dogs we're giving guys permission to hey baby tell me what your fantasy is because i want to know what is it instead of repress 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 and then your man leaves you and cheats on you and you wonder why because you weren't sexually open and you know the cycle just continues it's a dangerous weapon to give men though without the asterisk of d-a-w-g not d-o-g so you got to yeah. be a respectful dog yes yeah a consensual dog yes and if that openness happens then then it's not it's a balance mm-hmm. of the two I could see that as being part of the process in general, whether it be the communication of it or what we're we're working on here is just being aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. So even when you say we're talking about women being able to own that power, there's an awareness of being scared of the power at yes. first. Or with the from the man's perspective, and of course I would love that perspective from you guys, that, to know and be aware that there is a difference between a dog and a dog. Uh-huh. And what that looks like and how communicating those kind of things whether it be with one of your friends and your romance and your girlfriend tribe in your relationship man to woman woman to woman man to man whatever it may be to be able to feel aware of whether it's the fear or the ego Mm -hmm. um in any notion or sense or versus that genuine feeling of love because it's true what what we're here in these vessels are in these physical essence is to feel love and to feel touch and uh, to explore what the mind wants to do with that in a, like you said, respectful way. Yeah, and to communicate as a woman to create a safe space for men to communicate. And then it becomes a respect thing. Like, I'm not down to do some stuff. And you're not down to do some stuff, too. And you just find that middle ground. But I think the biggest thing for us in our tribe is we aren't holding back. We want men to know about our menstruations. We want men to know, we want all the guys in our um, environment, our world, to know what it feels like to be a woman, to have a full body orgasm, to be in ourselves and be open instead of like, oh, don't tell the guys that. They're not going to understand that. Well, because they're not. A lot of, we're not. Because well, you're exp- can you? we, can't exp- we can't experience menstruation. Oh, you can't, but that's what I mean. I get so to tell just, you. Yeah. I get to yeah, tell but, you. But telling me mm-hmm. only goes so far. Yeah. I will never experience yeah. what you experience. Mm-hmm. I'll never experience what you I'll never experience what you experience. Yeah. I'll be lucky if tomorrow I experience what I experienced yesterday. Mm-hmm. I'll have forgotten about it by then. Sure. It's just, it's fluid. It's all very fluid. Isn't it fun to let you in? Oh, there? yeah. Like, oh, my God. No, I'm not saying don't do that. I mean, yeah. believe me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have done stuff mm. I to know a woman what it feels that I. Like. That repulses me to this day because I was married and I lived oh. with a uh, woman who had health issues. Yeah. So I've had to be a caretaker, and no one else will ever understand that the way I do, feel it the way I do. Mm-hmm. It is my because per- we are all pods. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why we do a podcast because we're yeah, all pods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that well, qualifies for the humor section because <laughs> <laughs> we checked off sex along yeah. Yeah, yeah. When when you experience something. I feel that there might be a heart wall if you don't want other people to experience it, meaning that I went through this this awful childhood, right? Or I went through a sexual trauma, right? Or anything. Sometimes I feel that when people are conversing with me and they tell me, oh, well, I people won't understand. Help me understand. Let me in. Let me in all the way so that I can embody you and I can feel what it feels like to be you. And but that's what if what, they can't do this? That's all good. That's well, that's good. Duty. As long yeah. as I mean, as yeah. long as you're willing to, you know, let it be okay that they can't uh-huh. 
huh? Receive it the way you want them to. Oh, trust me. Yeah, totally. I'm so open to that. Like, mm. when I communicate that, it's like, let me... I'm going as far as you want me to go. And mm. you create the safe yeah. space for them to go with their whatever. But it's... For me, I've met myself so deeply. I'm like, everybody, come in. Like, come in. Come it play, feels so play. good. It yeah. feels so good to be free. It really does. And especially around other people who you guys know, if you guys start talking about sex... They just go whoop. Yeah. Their their bodies tighten, and you're just like, well, uh, I'm gonna keep talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the on the positive side, there's like a a positive feeling that women have that I think most guys don't, and then the negative. So the positive uh -huh. is the way you orgasm. The negative is, yeah, having your period. We will never understand that. Yeah. On the positive end, I I think we can get pretty close uh -huh. because right now we're all about. Our dicks getting hard and shooting our wad out as quickly as we can. Goal oriented. Nice. So you just as, you just uh, left me out. You just left me out of that equation. No, I'm saying that. No, seriously. You collectively, collectively, I don't fit in that world. I know. That's what. But that's what I'm saying. Me. Don't use that as your dividing line. Well, I'm going to use it in in the general sense that most guys and you didn't let yeah, me. Yeah, but not finish. me. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. You're sitting at that you know can't get it up. And you're using that as a, def a definition of what it means to be a man. You're not even letting me finish to defend you. <laughs> okay. We are raised as a society through porn, through our own physical makeup, mm -hmm. that, that shooting our wad, blowing our wad is the ultimate, that stigma that's been placed on guys. I am hopeful with the help of women I want to eradicate that mm. for the very reason that you are a prime example mm. for. Mm -hmm. And I think women can appreciate the fact that you are a living, breathing example of why the erection and the wad uh, yes. is not what it's all about. Mm. There's so much more that you can offer. Oh, yeah. oh I'm going to kiss you right now. Yeah, well, you're about ready to hit me. <laughs> I know. Emotions are powerful things. But, but, I mean, we should Passion all, cannot be defined we, by good or bad. We should all value <laughs> like you. Because then I've gotten to a point through Tantra, thank you, mm -hmm. where my body can get an orgasm oh. in ways I can't even describe oh, just my, from eating yeah. a, a woman out. Okay. I, I take my attention it away is. from my oh, dick. I get that one. And I take it away from that ultimate act of seven and a half minutes where we're done and we're having a smoke or go get me a sandwich. <laughs> it's not about that. If, if guys could appreciate how women have whole body orgasms, oh, then a guy and... has one hundredth of yeah. their body orgasm, then then we could be more like Bob. Yeah. That's just the tip of the iceberg <laughs> with Tantra. Like, I'm talking yeah, multidimensional right. travel. It's another world to essentially transmute sex, which is exactly what you were doing. It's not about the, it's not about the actual fucking. Exactly. When you actually become one with somebody and breathing patterns and different shit that feels good, you know, you have your floor foreplay, holy shit, it's like you're, you're, you rise up and your entire body is an orgasm and they call it the cosmic orgasm and it's not even having sex. There you it's go. It's sitting not there, yeah. it's sitting there doing these like interesting kundalini right. like you know exercises and you're just oh my, em embodying bliss that i can't even uh you can't describe yeah, it, I can't describe so it. it feels so amazing it starts with yourself like yeah. a big practice that started for me was when i just would sit in the mirror and eye gaze with myself oh. 
and I just fell in love with myself and without touching of course you did of course <laughs> but that's the beauty is we all, thank yeah. you yeah. we all can mm -hmm. and it, it, that's I feel like is the I mean Jilly knows more about Tantra than I do right now but I feel like that's yeah. the beginning of Tantra is mm -hmm. the falling in love with yourself before mm -hmm. you can truly fall in love with someone else and maybe that ties back to your original question of sexuality now and then is falling in love with yourself like mm -hmm. that to me is the most I'm allowed thing. to be sexual wow. wow so why don't we go round robin and finish this I up because I think that was a okay. great yeah yeah great okay finished a wonderful okay. statement kind of bring that into the original topic thank you 444 yeah. baby what, I know what, what any last Angels words are watching uh, us. Mm -hmm. any last words Jelly on I just I, I really like how open you guys are sexually and I love how like much you're learning from me as I learn like Rihanna's learning as I learn and as we're learning this sexual energy sexuality is truly magic and it it's been so repressed twisted goal-oriented you know get it in type of shit that we're really really changing society by releasing this shame because shame on sex is the biggest thing that holds us back in in, in my opinion at least in my world in my trust in my truth and in meeting you guys and knowing that you're on this path as well as us like the now and the then like we're the same we don't same. look at all the parallels we have mm -hmm. yeah we truly aren't different well, i'm gonna yeah. let bobby finish up mm -hmm. uh with the last word i'm just gonna say mm -hmm. it is so nice to see a new generation that will be carrying this torch mm -hmm. which i think has been suppressed for a while but it is it'd be wonderful to think that the millennials the ginsennials whoever are are going to be paving the way for a new way of how we look at sexuality yeah, yeah. and that together you know we can inform each other mm -hmm. and we can hopefully when we're gone part of us stays there and is part of that new generation yeah. that that's how society. i feel really really grateful to be able to do this with you guys because as much as you guys are saying we as the millennials are needed here we just as much need you so yeah the fact that you're able to step in and be aware and to have the passion to also share this means a lot. Fuck uh, yeah, for, that's for humanity. You guys got balls, and we do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With that, I say, oh, that is say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Thank you I mean, we might never do another podcast. This is the perfect one. Yeah. <laughs> Signing off. Bye. No.